0: Good. One day closer to the battle with Mississippi
1: State. Yeah, it is that for sure. And um, Alabama, a thirty-one point favorite. That's a pretty large favorite. It uh, is.
0: Uh, I struggled. Uh, I had to pick 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 this morning. I mean, in terms of okay, what, what, what do I think the score is going to be? And and uh, I kind of struggled with that line a little bit. I mean, I when you consider Mississippi state beat LSU and Baton Rouge, I know that seems forever ago because it was a whole like four weeks ago, but uh, when you consider that they beat LSU and Baton Rouge and through for 600 yards, that line is sort of crazy.
1: Yeah, it is a little bit, uh, a little bit over the top. It seems like, but I, I think that's just the Bama factor. Um, of course, You know, they're not always correct on the lines. I mean, LSU is a significant favorite over Mississippi State, and then Mississippi State won the game outright. So um, it's hard to – you know, everybody loves to talk about how Vegas gets it right when they do get it right, meaning the spread equals the differential in the game, but they don't talk about the games where uh, Stanford is a 39-point underdog to USC and wins the game, you know. So, um, well, Jimmy, uh, you know, we can start – we can talk about Alabama – stuff any time, but find it interesting. Wisconsin and uh Nebraska have canceled their game due to a positive COVID tests all throughout Wisconsin. I mean they're starting quarterback, apparently they're backup quarterback. Now the coach has coach. COVID. Um they're probably gonna miss at least two games, maybe three. And if that's the case, it really starts to throw a monkey wrench in the entire schedule for the Big 12. And I also don't think Wisconsin is going to be a one-off for these guys. I mean, I think that they're going to have a lot more positive COVID tests and a lot more cancellations, and then so therefore, giving themselves no wiggle room with this right. was such a bad idea. Which is what everybody said to begin with. It's almost like the the powers that be wanted to be able to tell everybody, "Hey, we told you so. This isn't going to work." That's right. Uh, I mean, I
0: feel I feel really bad for the players, uh, the players and the coaches. Uh, who worked so hard uh, all year long to, to to play and be the best players possible and to play these games, and then their leadership totally bungled it because this is just exactly what everyone saw coming uh, when the Big Ten delayed, 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 started at the last possible moment. The Pac-12 is doing the same thing, uh, setting themselves up for failure, then coming up with some sort of draconian 21-day quarantine, regardless of whether your tests are negative or not. Uh, you know, that's, that's not how the SEC does it. And to me, this is so simple. And hey, I'm one of these kind of liberal, liberal Corona bros. I'm not, I'm not a, an anti-masker, you know, for lack of a better term, I'm, I, I, I take this virus very seriously. But if a doctor examines his patient and, and rules in his medical opinion, this kid is no longer contagious he's no longer positive for coronavirus and he's no longer contagious then why are you waiting another nine days to put him on the field that's that's ignoring the science that's ignoring the doctors that's that's artificial that whole rule tells me the big 10 had no interest in playing football this fall they're going through the motions
1: yeah, I don't think there's any doubt about it, and it's just it's a shame. You're right because uh, I, I think the players sort of bought into, okay, we're going to try this thing out, um, and there's no doubt they were completely set up for failure, and, and it sucks. But you know, I'm going to say this: that hey, I mean, I think part of this is, um, what what was that? That uh, was it. Obama said um, elections have consequences. Well, I mean, when you pick your conference commissioner, it has consequences. So, yep. uh, And I think that's what this boils down to. I mean, their conference commissioner seems to be rather weak. Well, I mean, I'm sure he works
0: the pleasure of the presidents and the Big Ten presidents give him his direction. He works for the presidents of the Big Ten, not for the athletic directors, not for the coaches. His, his boss is the presidents of the Big Ten, and uh, that—that's where where the blame is here, in my opinion. And hey, and I'm not letting the SEC off the hook. I think the SEC made one mistake. I think the SEC started about two weeks too late. And for that, yeah. and I say that because the SEC should have started about two weeks earlier too, and built in two more off weeks, because they should have anticipated multiple cancellations. And there's been a couple, and there could be more as the the case of Spike all across the country there could be more cancellations. And I think the SEC started a little late myself, but the big 10 and PAC 12, they just set themselves up for failure starting at the last possible moment, giving no room whatsoever to inevitable cancellations.
1: Yeah. At this point, why is the PAC 12 going to try? I mean, their, their idols, the the big 10 have already had significant issues. I mean, I don't see why they even want to go for this. I mean, they, they, really i can't i couldn't justify putting somebody from the pac-12 in the national championship contention if they only play six games i I just can't do it i mean it just it's not right it's not fair
0: yep yep and uh you know kudos to the acc big 12 and sec and 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 even conference usa and sunbelt and these leagues, you know, they, they, they've handled it better. I mean, the Big Ten just completely bungled it, and I feel really bad for all the players uh, throughout that league, all, all good kids, all hard workers and good football players, and, I, and I, you know, I hate it. I hate it for them, but whew, they, they just don't want to play. The Big Ten presidents do not want to play football, and their rules make it clear they don't want to play. They're playing because they were forced to, but they don't want to.
1: Yeah, that's absolutely right. Um, So let's talk a little bit about Mississippi State. Kalen Hill uh, looks like he's going to be opting out. Um, It just apparently wasn't a good fit between he and the new coaching staff uh, or between him and the new coaching staff. I think that's grammatically correct say him and the new coaching staff. I think that's right. Uh, And and so that makes plenty of sense to me. Um, You know, he did have a good game against LSU. He caught several balls. And uh, you know, but it, it wasn't the usual way he defeats uh, or or handles the the football. But you know, I, I thought that hey, this could be you know a pretty good match for him to to be a guy show his wares as a receiving uh, running back. And um, apparently, it just it, it hadn't gotten off to a great start. And you know, you could sort of see some of this coming when he had his uh, moment dealing with the the. Um, the university and, and the state of Mississippi flag there, it just seems like there may have been some contention between the school and some, maybe probably some students and the residents of Mississippi and Caitlin Hill. So, you know, maybe it's just better for him to move on.
0: Uh, I think this, I mean, to me it all emanates as to why he was suspended for the Texas A&M game uh, as to why he was suspended for that game. I don't know. Uh, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know the, the the inner the inner whispers over there in Starkville but he was suspended for Texas A&M seems to me he didn't care for being suspended and is going to or or was justifiably suspended and he's like well I guess they're not going to let me back so might as well might as well train for the draft I mean just why did he get suspended I I don't know maybe it's an NCA thing maybe it's a behavioral thing maybe it's a drug test maybe maybe it's an academic issue I don't know but suspended for at least two games and basically the kids like screw that i'm not going to be suspended i'd I'd rather just go train train for the nfl so they had some sort of falling out over something i'm just glad as an alabama fan we don't have to face colin hill because he's one of the best running backs in this league he's a really good player and uh just makes our uh our row to hoe a little bit easier on saturday
1: who you calling a hoe jimmy (laughs) um (laughs) So yeah, you're right. I think that it's it's beneficial to Alabama, but it's just another thing for Mississippi State. And I think again, they are ten years too late in hiring this cat. I've said it a hundred times, and uh, I think they will find this out very shortly that it's just not going to work. They had if, a bunch
0: of dudes jump in the portal too. I had two more in the portal this week. So you know, and I think that's sort of common for a first year coach, and particularly one that's eccentric like him. Uh, not everybody's going to fit. Not everybody's going to like it.
1: Was Terrell Shavers one of the ones in the portal?
0: Not to my knowledge. Jared Maiden's brother is one,
1: the quarterback. Well, the reason I bring that up is, and I'm going to go back here. Um, I just saw something on Bama Online that said uh, Shavers on the move again, and it says, uh, source, three more Mississippi State players are expected to transfer, Terrell Shavers, Jamari Stewart, and Trey Lawson.
0: Wow, that is stunning. That Obviously, big. Shavers would have another year of eligibility as every single person playing college football has another year of eligibility so he can leave and is free to go. It's just kind of, you know, it, it's why I could do a whole show ranting about the transfers. I, I, there will need to be a study a few years from now, particularly academically. And I think we're going to find that these kids that just transfer around uh, do a lot of harm to themselves academically. <laughs> And, yeah. and, and, and do almost no help for themselves athletically. How many kids, they need to find out, okay, now in this transfer era, next April when they have the draft, what percentage of kids in the draft transferred from their original school? There will be a percentage, but I bet it's less than 10%. I bet it's less than 10%, one out of 10, and it, I bet it's less, and it might even be substantially less than 10%.
1: All right, Jimmy, let's talk a little bit about uh, Built Bar. Built Bar, absolutely delicious. Go check them out, B-U-I-L-T-B-A-R.com. Six new flavors, caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, my personal favorite, and apple almond crisp. We had one of our listeners tweet out to us that... He went and ordered some using the code locked on and he can't wait to try them. I'm waiting anxiously for his review of built bar. My review is 10 out of 10, actually 11 out of 11. If built bar were a recruit, it'd be the lone six star in this class. They're very health conscious, uh, covered in 100% chocolate, makes them delicious, easy to chew. They're very soft. Uh, that you can lose weight by eating built bars, but you can also just maintain weight. Um, and it's just great for a low calorie or keto diet. Go to builtbar.com and use cook promo code locked on. Meanwhile, while you're perusing Al Gore's internets, go check out coreslight.com. Coreslight—it's the beer you want when you need to hit reset. Everything in this world right now is go 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 go. You need a coreslight to sit and chill because coreslight is actually made to chill. We all know it's cold filtered. We all know it's delicious. But it is the beer that you need when you want to just, you know, just chill out a little bit. Of course, you need to drink responsibly and celebrate responsibly, especially when Alabama gets this big win coming up on Halloween over the Mississippi State Bulldogs. But you want to have a Coors Light or maybe, you know, two or three or four, something like that. Coors Light is just iced down, ready to rock uh, from Coors Brewing Company in Golden, Colorado, of course. Go check them out at Coors Light. Dot com. It's the beer I drink. It's the beer you should drink. It's the beer we all should drink. I don't even know that there are any other beers. Coorslight.com. Jimmy, um, I want to do something here. I, I want to get into some recruiting stuff. And, I'm, uh, you know, we, we do this show by the seat of our pants. So I guess I will do recruiting first. Um, Sage Ryan, who is a five star safety from Louisiana, tweeted out last night. I mean, rather surprisingly, that um, he's about to commit on Halloween. Everybody's like, whoa, where did that come from?
0: Yeah, and I mean, you know, we follow recruiting every day here. We know the Alabama board pretty well. We know who they're recruiting. One guy, I haven't mentioned Sage Ryan much all summer, all fall, and that's because me, like everyone else that follows recruiting closely in the South, has considered Sage Ryan perhaps – the biggest LSU lock there is not only is he from Lafayette Louisiana which is like the second biggest home to LSU fans in Louisiana behind Baton Rouge not only is he from Lafayette he's related to the Falks. he's related to Trev Falk who is his high school coach he's related to Kevin Falk one of the all-time LSU greats these are his his people then throw in the fact LSU offered him in the ninth grade and his personal recruiter is Corey Raymond, who's LSU's best recruiter, their DB coach, the guy who would be his position coach. Uh, and, and he's one of the great recruiters in the nation, Corey Raymond. That's He's he's personally responsible for LSU uh, having a, the DBU moniker. I mean, a lot of that comes from Corey Raymond and his success recruiting and coaching. And for Sage Ryan to be walking away from all that go to Alabama is just totally shocking. But I'm guessing – I'm guessing – that that LSU's demise has played a, a part in this. Um, while LSU may bounce back next season, uh, it appears LSU hasn't handled success very well. Uh, they haven't uh, been a picture of stability this year. Uh, Coach O is dating quite a bit and doing well, I might add. And uh, and then throw in uh, you know the loss to Mississippi State, the loss to Missouri. Uh, I think maybe a kid like him goes, you know what? LSU seems a little up and down, but I'll tell you what a sure bet is, and that's Alabama, because they're good every year. And uh, I think Alabama is very likely to sign Sage Ryan, and I also think Alabama is very likely to sign the number one receiver in Louisiana, Brian Thomas, who's a fantastic player who apparently is uh, also trending to Alabama late, and he's big time. What
1: What do you think? Coach O uses as a, a pickup line. Do you want to find out why they call me Coach O, or let me show you my swap <laughs> <plot> monster? <market. laughs> if I was
0: him, I would just cut to the chase and say, "I may be ugly, but I make about eight million a year."
1: <laughs> that's a, that's a good. You know, he could say, "You can either go on a date with me, or I can swallow your hole right now. Which one is it?" <laughs> How romantic! Yeah, do you think instead of flowers, he brings like some like a gator like, tail, a tree with Spanish moss on it, or something?
0: Uh, I found this dead. Mo- found this dead moccasin for you on the way over. I the ran prime. over a
1: nutri rat. We, we don't even have to go to dinner. Uh, Oh. Uh, boy these ed orgeron uh, impressions are they doing anything for you guys out there um, okay so sage ryan looks like he's and, and the lsu boards are also currently a flutter with brian thomas jr is leaning to alabama and mason right. smith at least is giving alabama a pretty good look so man things are looking up for the tide baby
0: yeah, I ranted about this a few minutes ago, and I'm not ranting. By the way, don't get me wrong. I'm, I, I'm super high. I want Alabama to take all these kids. I want to take Sage Ryan. I want to take Brian Thomas. I want to take Tunisi Adelaide, who's also going to announce on December 1st. I want to take all of them. But people that listen to the podcast need to be more educated about how this works than, than the normal Alabama fans. So y'all need to know this because it's important. The new transfer rule that will come down in January that makes free agency a real thing. Everybody is free to transfer now one time, and you do not have to sit out. Fans are going to go nuts over these kids because there are going to be multiple high-profile guys that do transfer or guys that you may want to transfer. I mean, with a good example being, you know, this season – uh, if that rule had been in place, every big school in the country would have been beaten down Trey Lance's door at North Dakota State because he would be an immediate All-American quarterback, even at the FBS level. So that's just one example of what it's going to be like next year. But if you take a transfer, it counts against the 25 because Alabama is clearly going to be full signing the full 25 class. Alabama can't take a transfer. We will not have the room. It's not, it's not just counting against the 85 total number. It counts against the 25. So if Alabama signs all these kids, which is great, I hope they do. Alabama won't have room to take a transfer, so don't get excited every time you hear that, for instance, uh, you know, uh, so, you know, some running back from Ohio state wants to leave and, and, and he might be interested in Alabama. Don't get excited. Alabama can't take him. We, we we won't have any room.
1: And meanwhile, Jeremiah Alexander, a five-star, uh, defensive lineman from, uh, Thompson has decommitted from Alabama. He's a 2022 guy, plenty of time to get back in the class. Anybody, any reason to be just deathly worried no. here? G? No,
0: no, uh, Commitments don't mean what, what, what they used to. And that's fine that that kid committed too early, especially to be so high profile. I think he just wants to enjoy the attention and the process and go on trips and see the world and, and, and become a household name because everybody in the South is wanting, him, wanting to sign him. But I would say this last week when he was committed to Alabama, I would just simply say Alabama leads. He's no longer committed to Alabama today, but you know what? I would say Alabama leads.
1: Well, that's that's positive. Let's go ahead and take a break. Jimmy, when we come back, I want to go over some of uh, Bama Online's midseason report card stuff, and we give our own. Okay, so Bama Online came out with their midseason grades. I mean, it's kind of weird. We're already midway through this season. Their offensive MVP, and this is – I mean, we don't even need to spend a lot of time on this because it's so obvious. I, I mean, I guess if somebody wants to make a case for Najee Harris, so be it. But it's Mac Jones, and it, it's a hands down type thing. He's got almost 2,000 yards already, 12 touchdowns, only two interceptions, uh, completing about 80% of his passes. Uh, he, he's just, um, I mean, just killing it out there. And so clearly he's the offensive MVP, right? Yep.
0: Mac, the MVP, the M stands for Mac. I mean, it's just a fact. I mean, we're on a team loaded with freaks, a team loaded with. First round draft picks, both both this year, the next, and the next year. That's Alabama. Mac is the most valuable player. I would even argue. No, no, I'm not even going to argue. To me, it's like non debatable. Mac Jones, the best football player at Alabama this season, in terms of playing on the field, in the games, doing the best job. Mac Jones.
1: Uh, then defensive MVP. They actually have a tie for Patrick Sertan and uh, Josh Job. I think that's a good selection. I want to be contrarian here and find somebody else, but I don't – I mean, it's not going to be a defensive lineman. Um, And I think Dylan Moses has looked lost at times, so I can't give it to him. Um, I I think, you know, if you make me pick one, I'm going to pick Sertan, but I think it's better to just call it a tie because Job has played incredibly well too
0: i love that pick and i'm starting to see this is news to me i've, I've been uh, away from bama online this morning so i'm i'm anxious to hear who they pick and because this is all all new new to me i'm uh pleasantly surprised that they named Sertan and job co-defensive mvps and i don't disagree with that at all i would rank them one and two in terms of who have been our two best players on defense uh they've really kind of held things together Sertan is expected and job is a bit of a surprise uh, like you, Luke, if I had to pick between the two, I'd pick Sertan, but uh, it, it, it's a testament to Job that Josh has made that close. Uh, the only other guy I, I could see in the discussion would be Christian Harris, but Christian's also had more bad play than uh, than Sertan and Job. So I, I would say Christian Harris third, but but a distant third. Uh, Sertan would be my choice, but I, I don't criticize uh, BOL making it a, a joint venture.
1: Yeah, I'm with you on that. Um, then special teams again, fairly obvious. All of these have been, uh, you know, pretty obvious. Right. Will Reichert, um, six to six on field goals, thirty-two for thirty-two on extra points, and um, yeah, he's he's just killing it right now. He's he's having the kind of game that we all expected him to have all the time, the kind of season we all expected him to have, and um, I think that's clearly the answer.
0: Well, as Cecil Hart pointed out in his column this week, it's so true. Uh, with all our injuries last season—Dylan, Lebron, Ray, Tua, Tungo, Falloa—we never really talked about Will Riker. But assuming this was the Will Riker we would have had last year, we'd have beaten Auburn. I mean, I'm just flat out saying—I yeah. mean, I, 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 we would have beaten Auburn if Will Riker had been our kicker. Uh, so, so losing. Losing record last year was also just a death blow to Alabama's championship hopes, and, and we're seeing now he, he's a championship kicker. He, he is the end, at least while he's got eligibility, he's the end of kicking jokes at Alabama. He's no joke.
1: The best lineman, they choose Landon Dickerson. It's I mean, look, we love Evan Neal. Uh, Deontay Brown can be a road grader, there's no doubt about it. Uh, all those things make sense, but I think Landon Dickerson, and, and one reason that Landon Dickerson is the great choice here is because if, if you follow Cole Kublick on Twitter, he has been waxing poetic about Kublick for I mean for uh for Landon Dickerson for some time now, and says every week he just finds somebody and mauls them, and he said this is yep. this has a lot of fun to watch, and I think he's absolutely right. Great
0: example of. It's not always the best NFL prospect that's your best college player. I would agree wholeheartedly that the best offensive lineman at Alabama this season is Landon Dickerson. He 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 brings the edge to the unit. He's the leader. He has highlight blocks. Uh, he gets the job done. He's played two positions, both center and guard, uh, fully well. Uh, Landon is the best offensive lineman at Alabama now. Is he the best pro prospect? I would say at best he's third. Behind Evan Neal and Alex Leatherwood because mm-hmm. they're just built different. Different kids, more athletic kids, longer arms than Landon. Uh, so, you know, best NFL prospect, but 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 the best offensive lineman at Alabama this season. Totally agree.
1: The top newcomer, they have Malachi Moore. Again, kind of hard to dispute that. You could put if you wanted to really get down to brass tacks here, I think you could say, all right, I could put Mechie in that column because he, he – maybe you just say – but they have another column for that, so I'll give that to you in a second. I think otherwise Malachi Moore is the obvious choice.
0: Right. I mean, it's going to depend on how you define a newcomer because I agree with you, Mechie's new to the lineup. There's a lot of kids who are new to being on the, in the first team rotation, but if we're defining it by – uh, best guy that we added to the team in the past year, whether you're a true freshman or a Juco guy or a transfer. I mean, best new guy yet, it's Malachi. Gosh knows before the season started, we'd have bet the whole mortgage on it being Will Anderson. But, mm-hmm. uh, but let's be honest, let's be honest to this point, Malachi Moore has been a better player than Will Anderson.
1: Oh, there's no doubt about it. And I mean, I, I feel kind of stupid because I hate falling into the trap of. This guy's gonna be awesome. This guy and look, Will Anderson's been really good, but there was no way he could possibly live up to the expectation I had for him. And that's my right. fault. You know.
0: Yep. I did the same thing. Uh expect expect too much, and he has been really impressive for a true freshman. But Will, I mean, I, I think at some point Alabama has to start having this discussion. We need more production out of that spot, even if we have to play someone else. We need more right. production out of that spot.
1: That's right. I mean, we need uh you're absolutely. I think that's just the best way to say it. I mean, we just need need him to step up a little bit more. We need him to get that sack, get that first sack, right?
0: Yep. Yeah, I, I thought he would have two in the first game. He hadn't yeah. had any in five. And and it's not just the sacks. I mean, tackles for losses, big plays, pressure the quarterback. We just need production out of that spot. We do have other dudes we can audition and and and, and look at. I'm not trying to put the kid on the bench. I'm just saying. We need more production from the outside linebacker spot. Chris Allen is uh, is frankly playing a little better than Will Anderson right now.
1: Yep. Then they had um, most improved player for offense and defense. we got to get these a little bit more quicker. Most more improved. Quickly. Yeah, most improved but, is John Mechie and then Christopher Allen again, kind of hard. I, I, I might put Josh Job as the most improved defensive player. Maybe he didn't have as long of a way, way to go as Chris Allen, but I think he's the, – the way he's improved and, and the impact he's made, I could probably squeeze him in that category.
0: I think a lot of kids are, are contenders here. It's tough to pick one. Uh, just on the offense alone, I'll tell you who's improved. Mack Jones, Brian Robinson, Mechie, uh, Miller Forrestal. I think it, it might be a good uh, pick there on the offense. And uh, Emil Echior, to an extent, because he's now a starter, uh, but my, my pick on offense would be Mechie, but, th- but there's a lot of contenders there. I, I don't think that's a gimme. I, I would be open to a number of answers. Defensively, going to be a little tougher to pick one. Uh, Christian Harris would probably be my most improved based on where he was last year to what he is now, although he certainly flashed last year. I'll tell you another good answer. A kid's not playing a ton of snaps, but Byron Young. Byron Young is making plays every week now. Now he's mm-hmm. not making enough plays, but Byron Young flashes big time ability now, uh, two or three games in a row. Uh,
1: and then unsung hero, Miller Forrestall, Forestall, that, that's, that's pretty
0: <laughs> clear. Came to mind immediately. I mean, mm-hmm. like immediately. Uh, doesn't get enough credit. Better player than everyone believes he is. A big part of the team. A glue guy, a leader. Uh, Good player.
1: Uh, then best performance, Najee Harris against Ole Miss. I think that's probably true. Although you could also throw in uh, Mac Jones against Ole Miss, or you could say Mac Jones against A and M. Um, you could say Waddle, or Mac Jones Waddle. against Georgia. You know, you there are a lot of places to go here, but I think Najee uh, is, is probably the pick there. That's a good call. Two hundred six yards. Yeah, that's a big deal.
0: Uh, I, I don't disagree at all with the Najee versus Ole Miss. That's a strong contender. Waddle in his best games, Devontae mm-hmm. in his best games. But but really, to me, the winner is sit down with your calculator and a pencil and figure out which one of these five games has been Mac Jones' best, and I would yeah. go
1: with that. Uh, that's a good point. And then finally, best play, Waddle against Georgia for 90 yards, and it just yeah. makes me miss him even more. Uh but yeah, that's that's the best play so far. I mean look, look yeah, hey have we had a have we had a run go beyond forty yards this year?
0: Not to my knowledge. No, I think the longest one is Najee's
1: thirty-nine. Thirty-nine yard TD, yeah. Now yeah. he would if he if we had been on the twenty, it would have been eighty, but it wasn't. I mean, we were on the thirty-nine.
0: It's tough to beat a ninety yard touchdown in the biggest game of the year. Yeah. Uh yeah, that's that's the play of the year so far.
1: Uh, all right jimmy that'll do it for this episode we will be back tomorrow I, you know we'll try and get it we gotta get joe Shad, man you promised me that yeah i
0: know yeah we, i would say maybe uh maybe tomorrow uh maybe definitely friday
1: okay maybe different work out of time okay, there you okay. go good you gotta okay. line up everybody everybody's got to be available at the same time with
0: these things are uh that's that's not the easiest thing to do for all of us working professionals
1: Maybe definitely reminds me of there's a commercial that airs during Sports Blitz for a local, I think it's a junior college. Um, and it talks about how, you know, if you go to this junior college, uh, first you, you get the, you know, the first class and the first date and the first uh, the first A on your big project. And now, soon, the dream job. And I'm like, wait a minute. It's either now or it's soon. You can't, and you're a college. Like, you can't say, and now, soon, the dream job. No, that makes no sense. You either do it now, I mean, it's, it's like- uh, Now means now, soon yeah, means later. When they were talking about uh, going into hyperspeed or or ludicrous speed in space balls, they were like, we just missed it. When, when are we going to be at now? We just missed it. When? Just now. We just passed it. That's what it reminds me of. And I'm like, y'all need somebody to edit your commercials, bro. Maybe somebody that
0: went to college.
1: (laughs) I mean, yeah, that'd be a good start. I mean, let's start there. So anyway, roll tide, everybody.
0: Roll tide.